Turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. And we'll lead, read to the end of the chapter, which is uh, verse 20, uh, 23, 25, 23. 23, thank you. Hearing the voice of God. We'll share some thoughts here. It's going to take two weeks, so if you would, bring your copy back. We will finish up next next week with this because it is a lot to cover about hearing the voice of God. Everybody hear me? Everybody can hear me. This is very important. Hearing God speak. Question is, God speak today? Yes, he does. And we're going to share about it. Everybody get one? Appendix A. And then John's coming with the other one. Anybody, everybody got a copy of Appendix A? 14 ways God speaks to us. You'll put uh, Exodus chapter 33 up there. I like the NIV of this also. Got it? Everybody got two, two, cop two uh, pages. Everybody, if you, you read, you read with me on this if you would, would like to. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. And then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Amen. May God add blessings to the reading of his word. Hearing God's voice, uh, very important today because I believe we are in preparation mode for his coming. Don't know when, but we are to be prepared. We've talked about that. The bride is being prepared, right? Everybody's got that. We're being prepared for, uh, for the Lord to come back at any moment. And the Bible tells us to be prepared. And we're being prepared as the bride of Christ. And during this time here, we've got to learn to hear God as he speaks. One of the things that I felt, and even many years when God spoke to me, and I'll share a little bit about that, is that we need to know God's voice. We know there are many voices that are coming at us today, but God speaks. I will say up front, God speaks primarily through his word. 
and he will never contradict his word. But in the application of that word, he speaks to us, and he speaks in many different ways. You know, sometimes you may say, hey, this person kind of comes to you and says something and that's encouraging, or, or maybe they, they just come along beside you, and you go, well, God spoke to me through that person, and he speaks through other people. He speaks through the gifts of the Spirit. He speaks by, by just he can, his still, small voice in many different ways, which we will explore as we go through this. But there is a portion of the church that does not believe that God speaks. There are those that, are, that truly believe Jesus is Lord, but they believe that God does not speak beyond the Word of God, that the Bible is all we need. I do not believe that. I believe that God speaks today in many different ways. The revelation. There is the need for the doctrine in the Word. The doctrine of the Word of God has to be there. But there's also the experience of the Word of God. There's a personal thing about this. When you came to Jesus Christ, it may have been that you were reading the Word and somehow you really felt God revealed to you the truth in His Word that Jesus was Lord and that you didn't have any way of salvation except through Him. Yes, it does. That revelation comes. But in one way or another, you had to experience that Jesus touched you. There may not have been fireworks and so forth, but you realize something happened in your life. It's a, a, a life change that takes place in your life as God spoke to you. And so if he speaks, then how does he speak? Uh, very important on this is that obviously we believe this and we walk in that and we do ask here, even as I put on the last page there, is ask God to speak to us. He speaks. He's a speaking. Let me just share with you a moment. God, in John chapter 1, the Bible says that, that obviously the word of God was, was with God and the word was God. The Word is Jesus Christ, okay? And God is a communicating being. He communicates with us. He wants fellowship with us. He wants communion with us. He wants to have that relationship with us. And that is obviously in that uh, communing, our communication, our speaking to each one of us. It is, it's back and forth. I talk to the Lord. A lot of times there seems to be, I go through seasons and, and I'll, I'll just really just talk to the Lord and all and stuff. And sometimes it's like the Lord said, would you just stop for a moment so I can speak to you? Okay. You remember what happened to Samuel? He went into Eli. He heard God speaking. He went into uh, Samuel, and, I mean to Eli, and Eli finally said, you need to go back because God's speaking to you. And then remember what he said. He said, Lord, uh, your servant is listening. Speak to me, basically, what he said. And so God is speaking. I will say this very, very, I believe dogmatically, is that God's grace and mercy is there, but if we don't learn to hear the voice of God, we'll not be able to fu fulfill God's purposes for our lives in the manner that God would please. His highest purposes for us. We need to know His, His ways. You know, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, I was sitting there, and I felt like God may be impressed upon me. That or brought it to my mind. That he, uh, Where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He's very personal. He loves, let me just say this real simply, he loves to talk to his kids. He loves to talk to his kids. I'm a kid of the Lord, amen? I'm a son of the Most High God, but I'm a kid. I'm God's kid. 
He loves to speak to us in that, and we've got to learn how to be able to uh, to hear the voice of the Lord so that we will fulfill his plan for our lives. We need to be able to hear him and what God is saying. And this type of interaction with God distinguishes Christianity from other religions and their gods, small g there. And so God is a communicating being there. He, he interacts, he communicates with his people. How does he speak today? Through his word, he'll speak. And obviously, I believe he speaks through, as spoken of last week, as you know, Kathy uh, stood up and said that God had spoken to her before she came to church in Acts chapter 2. And, and the Bible says there in Acts chapter 2, in the last days, uh, God will pour out his sp- spirit upon all flesh and uh, his old man will dream dreams and his young men will see visions, and he said, and you will prophesy. And then it goes on through that, and he said, and all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen? And so the Bible, the Word, God speaks through those dreams and visions. His old men will dream dreams. I thought about it, and I said, maybe, Lord, that you use and speak through old men and their dreams is because old men sleep more, okay? (laughs) Just kidding about that. But maybe we just sleep more. But he gives visions, and he, he speaks today in a powerful way. And he wants his people to have uh, a, an ear to his voice. And I remember last week, right at the end, as I spoke of the fact of maybe we can cultivate, begin to cultivate the awareness of his presence. And I mentioned, I said, if you set your clock, or maybe when God comes to your mind, and you ask, maybe the Spirit, I always, I ask, the Holy Spirit, bring you to my mind. Bring God to my mind, would you please? And, and at times, he'll, the Spirit, something will happen and trigger it. And I'll just stop and, and I'll say, Lord, you're here. Because see, he's here right now. He's in this place right now. He's with us always. He goes with us and he directs us and he speaks to us. He communes with us, fellowships with us. And I said, Holy Spirit, you're here, and I recognize your presence, and I surrender my life to you right now, and I love you, and I need your guidance. Would you speak to me right now? And then sometimes I'll wait, sometimes a little bit, or whatever I'm involved with, and then I'll move on. That is cultivating the awareness of his presence. You and I need to be aware that we are in God's presence at all times. We know he sees everything we do. We know that he wants to interact with us. That's why he sent Jesus into the world. He's not a deistic type of God, which some of the, even some people in the past have thought of God, that he created things. Yeah, there's a God. But then he went off somewhere and he's not involved in our, in human affairs, in his children's lives. Let me tell you, he's involved in every aspect of our lives, every part of our lives. And he's speaking today. I guess the question is, are we listening? He, he speaks through the gifts of the Spirit. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he speaks through impressions and impulses. He speaks by the still, small voice. I will say this today, and please understand today. Most of the time, obviously, it's not necessarily that God speaks with his voice, although he can speak any way he wants to. He's God. And we believe that many of us maybe here have heard that and and the voice, whether we call it an impression or an impulse or maybe just kind of a something down deep in our hearts to speak like that. Whatever we call it, God is speaking today. I remember I'll share with you, and I've shared this uh, many times. It's very encouraging to me, is that when... I pastored and planted a church on the west side of Houston. We as a church 
had been in uh, elementary school for about uh, four years. And this lady that came up, one of the members of the church, she came up and she said, Jim, I've noticed down here, not too far from the school, there is a, uh, a shop, a strip center. You know what a strip center is. And she said, uh, it's up for sale. And she said, ah, it may be that God wants to give us that strip center. And I kind of brushed it off. And I said, we don't have the money for that. We were not a big church. We didn't have a lot of money to do that. We didn't have money for it. And uh, I said, we, you know, yeah, 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 right, right. And she went on and kind of pressed me somewhat. And I came back and I finally said, Lord, I'm going to pray and ask you about it. And so as it turned out, I called the man who was on there, the, the, the person that was overseeing the property. And uh, I said, can I go in to see the property? And he said, yeah, I'll meet you there. Walked into the first part of the building. I can remember this day, exactly the door I went in. And when I walked into the, uh, the door, in my mind's eye, which I believe was an open vision, was the figure $33,000. And it was flashing like a neon sign, like just what I'm looking at you right now with my eyes open. And that sign, $33,000, was flashing in my mind's eye. And I immediately began to weep because I knew God had spoken. I've, I almost dropped on my knees because I knew God had spoken. And so I had this young church who I wanted and I believed so dearly that I, my teaching and leadership would lead people to be able to know that God speaks today and to be able to teach people how to hear from God so that they can fulfill the purposes of God in their lives and certainly here at Lighthouse Fellowship and beyond. And so I uh, brought it back to the church and I didn't tell anybody about it. I think I saw, told Cindy the figure, but no one else but me and God and, and Cindy knew that figure. And so I wanted to teach these people the the uh, that God spoke and all and and let them participate. I believe in the ministry of the laity. I believe in your ministry because your ministry is powerful. A pastor cannot do it all, and we need this. And again, backing up and kind of jumping ship here a little bit. Yesterday, seeing those eighteen men in that room over there was such a tremendous blessing and encouragement to me. When I see men coming together and saying, "I'm going to take leadership." in my life, in my, my family's life, and in the church, I want to tell you, I was blessed yesterday to be able to stand there in the position that I have, but certainly humbly and say, thank you, Jesus, for these men that are willing to seek the Lord with all of their hearts and to, to seek his face. And I want to tell you, that was a blessing to me. And so I wanted this church to learn in their relationship with God. And so I put it out there. I told nobody that $33,000 again. And so I got them together and I said, I believe God wants to give us this strip center. And, um, and they said, I said, but I, what I want you to do is take it home and ask God to, to show you how much we are to, to give. And, um, and so they came back and uh, that was, none of them was, was $33,000, okay? None of them were. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what do I do with this? I believe you want to give it to us for 33000 But I knew by doing that, if I kind of just kind of trumped them, so to speak, as the pastor, I knew in one way, I would, in my heart, that I was defeating the purpose of allowing people to learn to hear from God, that God speaks today. And so we took a figure that we felt 
that we wanted to give. It was much less, it was only about 25% of what the strip center was valued at, okay? And we went in, and I said, well, Lord, if it, we get this strip center, because it was 10,000 square feet of property, if we get this, it will be because you gave it to us. And so I turned it into the man, and I said, we'll give you this on it, and so forth. And the man came back a couple of days and said, Jim, you're not going to believe this, but y'all got the property. And so we moved in and we started making the sanctuary. We take, took and rebuilt into Sunday school rooms and so forth, and we did that. But I said, Lord, what do I do with the 33000 I struggled with it. I was struggling because I knew God had spoken. There's no way that neon sign in my light, my faith, mind's eye, 33,000, 33,000. And I said, I just give it to you. And I, I wanted the people to learn to hear from you. And Lord, in some ways, I, I need correction here. Correct me. And, and I just felt the grace of God there and, and all. And so it was like several, it was several weeks, uh, actually not too long from then. The lady that played our piano came in and she walked up to me before the service and she said, Jim, I don't know. Uh, this is, uh, she says, I feel like God is telling me to tell you something. And I can't, I, I was like a burden right now. And I said, well, what is it? What is it? And she goes, does $33,000 mean anything to you? See, nobody knew but me and God. I said, yeah. It was like God was saying, I believe, as I prayed about it, and I said, Lord, please teach me. Because once you hear from God, then you've got to say, Lord, what does it mean? What, what's the timing on this? Because God will speak, but many times we jump ahead of his timing. And I believe God was saying, I heard what you were doing. I knew you wanted to teach people to hear my voice because a lot of the people we had were we're off the streets. I mean, we had people from all, every avenue of life. We had unchurched. We had a, a church full of people who were unchurched, basically. And, and I was trying to teach all of them about Jesus and teach about him. And, and I wanted them to learn to hear from God. And I want you to hear from God. I want you to know God's voice. You know, the enemy can speak too, you know. So we talk about how do we distinguish that? How do we really know it's God's? When you sit down, you read the word, you know, the enemy can put things in your mind. He doesn't know what you're thinking, but he can put things in your mind. And that's the temptation. And the issue is today is if he can tempt you and he can speak to you, why do we think God doesn't speak today? The enemy speaks to us. God, God, we have a father that loves us, who loves his kids. And God wants us to know that he, he loves us and, and that he's speaking. He's communicating with us today in many different ways. And we've got to learn, don't we, to be able to, to hear the word of God. You know, many times as I seek God's heart on a particular matter, he speaks to me as I read his word. Oswald Chambers, a great man of God, he was a chaplain in the British forces in World War I. He, sent, he was sent to Egypt, and it was too dangerous to take his family, but both he and his wife desired to be together. And as he was reading the Bible, God spoke to him through Psalm 34, 7. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. He felt that this was a confirmation to bring her over, and they did at that time. God speaks to us. We need to know. And he speaks in many ways. He speaks by revelation from the Scripture and by personal experience, certainly. Jesus did not rely upon the Old Testament Scripture alone or his own thinking, he depended on hearing the Father and what the Father was saying. We need to hear God. We are in perilous times. 
We're having some things coming against us today. And the persecution in the church, I want to tell you, I believe it's going to get worse and worse. I watched a little bit of Fox News today on some of the things that they were saying about the people there in Alabama believing. And they had Bibles, the ones that had been destroyed by those tornadoes. And evidently, Trump went there and he began to share with them uh, just encouragement, showed up, the president showed up and, and all. And some of them said, would you sign my Bible and all? And, and I noticed that the person responding in this particular way wasn't necessarily putting uh, the, 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 the signature on the Bible down. He was putting the Bible down that these people clung to their Bibles. I want to tell you, this is a time where not just in words, it probably will get worse before we go home to be with the Lord if Jesus doesn't come back first. But we've got to know because the prophetic giftings actually gives us strategies. God's prophetic word, the gifts of the Spirit, give us some type of way that we can hear what God's saying, that we'll be able to know how to respond when these demonic attacks and these things are coming against us. And let me tell you today, it is demonic killing children out of the womb. It is demonic what we see happening today. I call it what it is. It is from Satan. It's from the pit of hell. And it's exactly that. And we've got to learn to hear because obviously we know uh, when John 17, uh, this is eternal life that you may, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent here. Hey, God is a personal God desiring a personal relationship with us. He communicates. I think about it a moment. Cindy and I have been married for many, many years. And Cindy doesn't know I was going to give this illustration either. By the way, pray for her and pray for me. <laughs> no, pray for me. <laughs> Suppose that somehow, you know, we, uh, we rode along in the car or if we got home and uh, had lunch or dinner or whatever, or maybe in our, in, in our togetherness and so forth, I, I, I never spoke a word to her. And she never spoke a word to me. There was no communication there. I knew she was there. And I honored her, and I love her. But suppose I never spoke a word to her. There was no communi communication there. It's the way we are with God. He's with us. Talk to him. Expect to hear from him. He wants to direct us. We don't understand everything because, again, God is a mystery. You know, in rationalization, we try to rationalize it away. And somehow rationalization tries to, to kind of push mystery out of the way. We will never understand God fully. He's too awesome. He's too big. But he came down, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Word of God, and wants to communicate with you and me. Now, that makes life more interesting. It makes it more obviously uh, dynamic and and obviously we need to hear God give us that application to his word get into the word study the word of God it will change your life I've, I, I know people that have just read the Bible and they came to salvation you know Lee Strobel's was one of them he was a lawyer that tried to uh, stand, come on just say that God didn't exist and he went out to prove God didn't exist started getting into the word and then got saved, got gloriously saved. And now he obviously stands up, stands up for Jesus. And so the word of God is powerful. And so how did God speak in the Old Testament? Real quick, 
creation, Psalm 19.1. The heavens are declaring, telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Angels, prophets, dreams and visions, a gentle voice in 1 Samuel 3. And remember Samuel said, speak to me, Lord, here I am. And the burning bush, preaching, judgments, symbolic actions, and, and all miracles and signs. And God even spoke through a donkey. <laughs> remember Balaam's donkey? <laughs> he spoke through a donkey. He can speak any way he desires there. And so God, how does he speak in the New Testament there? Uh, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And this is one of the arguments that people say, well, God doesn't speak anymore. It's all there in the canon of Scripture, and therefore uh, we don't need that. And I want to say right to begin with, I am not elevating above the Scriptures when God speaks to us. But we know in Acts chapter 16, remember that Paul there and his... Uh, people that were going with him on the missionary journeys. Remember, he was going to go into the province of Asia, and he was the Holy Spirit stopped him from going in there, and God stopped him from going in there, and then he directed him another way. God, Paul was a man that God was constantly speaking to. And sometimes our argument is the fact of even here in Hebrews chapter 1, and I'll read it, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, and in these last days, he has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. He spoke through his son. So therefore, we don't need anybody else. No, we don't need any more. That's it. No, we need God to speak. It is a continual relationship with him of communication there. And obviously, Jesus was not just another vehicle through which God spoke to man. Jesus was, and he is the word of God. God speaks. He's real personal. Oh, so wonderful, too. You know, and that, and remember, God spoke to me. And you know, many of us have many experiences. We'll get to share this and, and on and on and on. And, and, if you remember in my testimony of how I got into ministry, I was manufacturing management and doing real well, and God was blessing and so forth. And God touched me in Pearland, Texas, in November of 1981. And I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit in my living room there in Pearland, and He touched me and changed my life. All I wanted was Jesus, in love with Jesus. And I, I realized that, that He died for my sins individually. He would have went to Calvary for me. And the same stands for you and me. Every person, he still would have went to Calvary if you'd be the only sinner. And I remember there, I told God, then I surrendered my life to him. And then in uh, February of 1986, because uh, uh, I, I was in my shower, and I was sh showering, and I heard the Lord speak to me. And he says, are you still going to love me if you lose your security? And see, I was making good money with this in manufacturing. I was doing well, real well. And you're still going to love me if you lose your security. And I heard it, and I went, what? Went, I knew God had spoken, because I'll never forget it. And the next day at 10 o'clock, when I went in, the president of the organization called me in, and he said, Jim, I'm going to lay you off. I'm going to lay you off. You're laid off as of right now. And I said, well, praise the Lord. He said, what? I said, never mind, sir. I knew, I said, God's got a better job for Jim Barcliffe and bigger money. And he said, I said, God's going to bless me. I'm financial. I'm going to be going to go right on up the corporate ladder because I was in manufacturing. I had obviously managed, uh, you know, many people uh, in manufacturing, uh, in a manufacturing situation and all. And I left and I remember 
I said, God, you spoke. You said, I knew that was you because my security was in my job. It wasn't in Jesus. And he said, what are you going to do if you lose your security? And God spoke. And I went, well, you know, I said, well, you know, and he waited and waited and waited. And so a guy down in Alvin, he was selling these water conditioners that you put on your home. He was a Christian and strong Christian and all. And, you know, I would uh, at times go to our church and, and then I slipped down and go to church in Alvin and, and, and all and, and, and met him down there. And he said, you know, I know he's without a job. He goes, how would you like to sell water conditioners? You're going to have probably had to go door to door and so forth. I said, I'll do whatever. I'm, I'm the breadwinner. I'm, I'm that old fashioned type as the man of the family and so forth. And so he gave me my kit and what I needed to do and gave me the spiel of how I could do it. I went from house to house. Do you know, I couldn't sell anything. I mean, zip. He would go in and haphazardly present the water conditioner and the program and so forth to it. And people would line up to buy the water conditioners. I would get in there and I'd be all neat looking and everything else. And I had my old spiel together. I couldn't sell anything, nothing. And I went up and stayed with my parents on in Virginia to get into mid-Atlantic states where there'd be more manufacturing and all. And I interviewed him, nothing. I mean, it was dry. I interviewed in Indianapolis, and, and the guy said, you know, yeah, I want to hire you. But God put me off until I finally said, somebody said, Jim, you better ask the Lord if he's not calling you into some type of full-time Christian service. And I went, no, no. It's another manufacturing job where it's going to be a lot more money. Boy, was I surprised. <laughs> and I finally said, Lord, I give up. And I walked the aisle to my church. And I gave up. Because of John chapter 21, when Jesus said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. I remember what he told when he, he talked to Peter there. And I gave up. And within a matter of a very short time, God began to open doors to go to school, to seminary, go at night, and then I substituted in the Pearland School District. I, I stuffed envelopes downtown. I did whatever I could for $5 an hour. I did whatever it was. We'd get, go out to the mailbox, and there'd be an envelope with a $100 bill in it that I don't know to this day who sent that $100 bill. I never missed a lick. My God is faithful. My God is good. My God speaks today, and he speaks continually today. And I want each and every one of you in here to know, have ears to hear. And the Bible says there in Revelation, he who has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying today, I want to tell you, we've got to learn to hear about uh, what God is saying. In nature, God is speaking. In angels, dreams, and visions, and prayer and prophets, and signs and wonders, preachers, scripture, Holy Spirit, here. How all these countless ways, because God is speaking today in a marvelous and wonderful way. All of you have had experiences with this. In this little appendix here, well, there's some ways that I, I pick up and glean from as, I, as I'm being mentored by other, by other pastors and teachings and all that. I want to grow in the Lord. I grow. I'm not, I'm not there yet. And, and I, I, it's very important to know that. And, uh, you know, I just, I guess, encourage each one of you, even as I put together, and Cindy has graciously puts this bulletin together. But, you know, there on this particular 
prayer for the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and that's Ephesians chapter 1. But right at the bottom, it says knowledge won't qualify us and college degrees won't either. Only a life-changing encounter with the power of the Holy Spirit can truly qualify us to serve God. We are qualified by the anointing. Ask for the anointing. You know, the first time I was in a deliverance session with someone who was either possessed or either oppressed by an enemy, I had to rely upon hearing what God had to say. I had to re rely upon those impressions and impulses of the Holy Spirit of God, of what God was saying. I, I couldn't, the, the Word of God is powerful, but I'm, I'm just reading the Word is certainly, all of this is beneficial. But the anointing comes by hearing the voice of God, hearing Him in different ways. And He'll speak through people, and again, you look at those 14 ways. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks today, and He's getting His church ready. And if you want to know the will of God, you've got to incline your ear and listen to God's still, small voice and what He's saying to you individually because He's real personal. You know that song we sing, Open the Eyes of Our Heart, Lord, and Allie sang it here several weeks ago. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. And I'll go on to say, Open my ears, Lord. I want to hear you. God speaks today in a real personal way. And so he is a communicating uh, being. He wants to speak to his kids. He does that. And obviously, when we look at the Bible, uh, is to lead us to God, not replace him there. In John chapter 5, I'll close with this. If you Can you pull that up, Jennifer? John chapter 5, verse 39. John chapter 5, verse 39. Okay. He's talking to the Pharisees, I believe. You diligently study the Scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the Scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus is our life. We don't come to him. And you know, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. That's all Jesus did. And that's why it's important here, even as a church, that we only do what we see the Father doing here for Lighthouse Fellowship. There are many ministries, and we can get all entangled in everything, but we're not, maybe not called to do each and every one of them. But we do what we see. And so that means we've got to hear from God. And you see what that means for a corporate body? It means that I am leaning on you, all of you, to come to me. I have people on a regular basis come to me and will say, Jim, I believe God is saying this. And what do we do? We take it before the Lord. And we say, Lord, what are you saying here? What do you mean here? We'll be putting these words in our uh, program here, our bulletin, too. Well, what are you saying, Lord? And then where there's an interpretation of what God is saying, and obviously an explanation, but also a timing that we need to pay attention to as to if God's saying, do this now. And, and it's important that we learn and be sensitive. But you see, remember, 
in Numbers chapter 12, where Moses, uh, where the people were coming and saying, you know, God speaks in riddles and puzzles. He speaks, doesn't speak clearly necessarily. Why does he do that? When he speaks in a vision like that, that $33,000, my immediate response was, you want to give me, uh, we can give him $33,000 and we'll get to building and so forth. But what did God give me that vision for? What was his primary purpose? He was to showing me, I believe, and encouraging me. But anybody here will know why he was uh, giving me that vision? I'll wait just a moment. Think about it. Why did he give me that? Why does God speak to you sometimes? And if he gives you a dream, we're having dreams released in this church now, and I'm getting reports back. But what have I mentioned that we are to do when that happens, or a vision and so forth? What does that mean that we are to do when we receive something like that? What, is that, what does God want when he does that? Is it to confuse us? You know. He spoke, the Bible says in Numbers 12, he said, but I speak to my servant Moses clearly. But he said, to the other prophets I speak, even Daniel, he spoke, remember? What happens? Let me say this, remember this. When God does that, he always wants us that communication, that fellowship with him. He wants us to relate to him. And so we go back to him. Why? It's because if he clearly showed us everything, we would say, I don't need you, God. But in this case, we're dependent upon God, right? He keeps us dependent upon him. And so he wants us to go back to him and share, Lord, what do you mean by this? When a word comes, I'll go to the Lord and say, what do you want to say through this? What are you saying to me or to this church or to my family or to friends or whoever it may be? Why? Because he wants relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus that he's after with, with him that he's after. He wants us to know him intimately. And so he does that. Because if he just said, here, blam, we'd go on and say, okay, he's not a genie in the bottle. He's some that, someone that he wants us to relate to him. And so when we have these words, something happens and God's releasing that. We're in the last day. According to my word, I believe we're in the last of the last days. And according to the word of God in the book of Acts, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all his flesh. And old men will dream dreams. And young men will see visions and all will prophesy. So we got to learn to hear from God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for this congregation. Bless each and every one. Because, dear Lord, we know that we desire to do the will of God above everything else. And, Lord, we ask you to speak to us. I ask you to speak to every person here individually, but also speak to us corporately. Give us direction and help us in that relationship go deeper and deeper and deeper with Jesus. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.